Hello and happy Sunday, everyone. I'm Mary Morton. Welcome to Living Out Loud. And I'm so excited to welcome my co-host this week is Sarah Dysack. Sarah! Hi, Mary. Thanks for having oh, me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you I'm here. I'm so happy to be here. It is wonderful to have you here. And we've got all kinds of fun things to talk about. Now, let's keep in mind that Valentine's Day is just a few days away. And I know that that is a, a special time. So a little bit later, we're going to talk about uh, some of the very special items you have at your store, Excellent. Early to Bed. I love the name. I, I think that's you. a very smart name. But let's start, as we do, with a little host chat. And let's give our listeners a little bit of your background. A little bit of... You grew up in Evanston? I did, yeah. Born and raised. Evanston. Okay. Same and house. then you went to the Art Institute. I went to the Art Institute for undergraduate school. And then actually, after getting an art degree, I panicked because I had no skills. So I... <laughs> I went to Kendall College in Evanston. That's a wonderful college. Pastry school, yeah. yeah. Well, I went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it was, yeah. I loved it. I mean, after four years of like interpreting everything, it was really nice to have like grades and ways you're supposed to do things, and I could do something right as opposed to like. Let's talk about how this makes me feel. So you went to Kendall, and and how. And, and why, what drew you to cooking? I've always loved to cook. Um, and in our family, my parents, you know, my mom cooked. My dad was the gourmet who mm. cooked things only for dinner parties, you know, and that, that involved a lot of mess and days of prep, you know, <laughs> never anything normal. And my brother became a like little chef when he was like 13. He would cook for my parents, which I was always hoping my child would do, but they don't. But, um, <laughs> and it was just always a thing. And I loved pastries and I just thought this is a marketable skill. I can get a job mm-hmm. as a pastry chef. And then I realized very quickly that that's a miserable job and I didn't want to do that. <laughs> tell me, tell me why it was miserable. Just give me a, a, one example. Well, I knew that like, you know, Baking cakes is fun. Yes, but I, I'm not, a baker. Actually. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and it's great, and you get to get you get to share it with someone, that's right. and that's amazing. And the minute you go to pastry school, you're really in a you know you're in a basement, and you're making seven thousand you know individual tart shells for mm-hmm. some hotel catering or something like that. Like that you don't or a small restaurant. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's like I mean working in a small like that's like a you work up to that, right? right? And I knew that right out of school I would have kind of a very production-oriented job that started early in the morning or something like that. Uh-huh. And I was like, um... That's not me. That. And in the middle, I mean, to be honest, in the middle my dad died and that kind of really, mm, like, put... Thing, thank you. Put mm-hmm. things in perspective, like, what is it that I really want? Um, and so that I ended up back at the Art Institute working in an office and then going to grad school. All right, so you went to grad school, <laughs> yeah. but then somewhere you decided, mm, this is not for me. I'm going to open up a, a, a specialty store, which yes. I will let you explain. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I started, um, you know, while I was in grad school working in this office, um, dating my partner, I guess wife technically is the mm-hmm. term, of 25 years. Mm-hmm. Um uh, adult toys started to become something I was interested in, mm-hmm. and I started shopping in Chicago and finding that I was having these really like sort of depressing or creepy experiences, and I really wanted this exploration of sexuality to be uplifting, to be empowering, to be woman focused. I mm-hmm. mean, if, you know, not to be overly binary, but like you know, this is the mid '90s and late '90s, and um, 
you know, women shopping for these types of things wasn't as common as it is now. And the stores weren't set up to, you know, meet our needs, be staffed by people who looked or right. acted like us. So right. I was. And it was kind of a very, I, I would assume at that time, uh, sort of a closeted. Um, maybe the, the, the place wasn't particularly inviting. Oh, gosh. That kind of thing. No. And I mean, <laughs> no, inviting is not, is a word not that would the be word used. you would use. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like, there wasn't, you know, you couldn't touch anything before you tried it. Mm. Like, there's just, there was some, some dude eating nachos behind the counter that you're supposed uh, to like yeah. ask about. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. And, um, you know, I grew up in a, my, my dad um, also was very, he was a, statistician for a, for a pharmaceutical company. He was very into like science and being honest with us. And we knew a lot about sex and sexuality growing up. And, and it just, I was very comfortable talking about it. I was the person in the office who would like, this is even before Google, but would like try to figure things out when people had questions. We just spent a lot of, spent a lot of time talking about sex in our office. But um, I just was very comfortable with it. I thought if my job could be to like help people on this journey mm-hmm. towards pleasure and fulfillment, and fulfillment. Of some sort. I was mm-hmm. like, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Like one of the I, I took a lot of classes in college from the same professor um, who always had this assignment called Find a Need and Fill It. Ah. It was a conceptual art yes. class. And we would go out and I was like, this is a need and I think that I want to fill it. And I am just young and dumb enough to think that I can just quit my job and open up a retail store without any experience or money and I did it. Okay. <laughs> and you did it. All right. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to come back because we're going to talk about early to bed mm-hmm. uh, and small businesses. want to talk about that. But I do want to just go back to thinking a little bit about when did we meet? And we were talking about this before uh, the show and we're not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like I've just always known who Mary Morton is. Oh. Like since that day I was. That will stop. <laughs> In my late thirties, um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you know, it's a sometimes Chicago is a very small town. Oh my goodness! Especially Absolutely. when you're you know Absolutely. of a certain community yes, or something like that. Right. And I feel like I've just always sort of known yeah. who you were and didn't have a chance to work with you until the later, Illinois, but until yeah. Illinois Safe Schools yeah, Alliance. But right. we have so we had our businesses were actually on the same block. Yeah. For many years, yeah. uh, Morton Group was on Clark Street in Andersonville, and we we started to work virtual uh, for a number of years, um, at, or I should say, really remote. And um, your store was also on Clark Street, but you recently you moved in the last couple of years. Twenty two, we moved. Tw- oh, was it twenty two? Yeah, it was just twenty two. I know. It you know, the like time this, is warped at, it is, because of COVID. So <laughs> it is. I just so remember, warped. you know, wanting to acknowledge that. And thank you. Yeah, yeah, we moved. Um, so just. I feel like it was just last year, but yeah, it was two years ago almost, um, to a, a building, our permanent and final home. Okay. This is your forever home? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because I bought it. Oh. So I'm not moving. So that, All which right. Is Congratulations. That's huge, Sarah. It's terrifying. Yes. It's that, that too. I that too. To, yeah. It oh is, my gosh. Well, having a business is terrifying, and we'll talk about yeah, that in our, it, our next segment, day. but it's... It's just something every day, right? Something to think about, something to sometimes worry about. But, okay, so when we met, um, when we actually started working together, it was probably through the Illinois Safe Schools Alliance, which Mm -hmm. is an organization that I co-founded with a number of folks uh, many years ago, in 2007, actually. And that was built on a coalition uh, that had started that evolved into a 501c3. And you came on the board Mm -hmm. of the Illinois Safe Schools Alliance. And how did you, how were you invited you can see her face like I don't know I don't remember like I don't 
I I've, I've known of I knew knew of the work. I right. Was, and I I don't know what I have. Maybe I even like you might out. have. You might have. I Absolutely. Was, um. Yeah, I'd been on the Chicago Abortion Fund board, and like. Oh, and, you know, I was. Do you know I was chair of that board? Okay, not when I was there. No, but no. I must. But at one point I was. See, that's so funny. Crisscrossing all yeah, our lives. Yeah. Um, and I was looking for more board work. Uh huh. And, and, and let me just say, that's something that I, you know, we're going to cut that out and 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 take that line. I'm looking for more board work because no. people don't often say that. Oh, and I will never say it again. Okay, but, but you've said it on air now, and we're just going to play that over I and over. Was. No, you were. No, I mean, at that time, you were looking time, for more work. At that time, I really, work. you know, yeah. I was looking for it. And I would, you know, I would like to go back to it again when my life is a little bit different. But, um, yeah, I had known about the organization, and I don't remember. I feel like I don't remember so much of my life, but whether or not someone asked me or... Um, I reached out or something okay. like that, but okay. I don't even remember how long I was on the board. It was okay. a couple of years at oh, least. Oh, no, you were on the board for about three years. Oh, okay, thanks. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. There's so many questions <laughs> I have for you about my past now. Oh, my God. Where did I live yeah, in the You 90s? were on the board for about three years, okay. and um, during that time, the organization, um, I think right before you left, right, and maybe as you were transitioning out, we had decided that we were going to explore Oh no! I stayed on for I, I left when things actually started to move into move Public into Health the Institute Health. of yeah. Metropolitan Chicago, yeah. which is where the Illinois Safe Schools Alliance program is now, and it's been a great uh, partnership and marriage, as we refer to it at yes, one point in time. I However, were you interested in in young people because you you have a young person, or did that? Um, yeah. Well, no. I mean, yeah. I think I, so. I have a kid, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And I think that definitely makes lots of people more aware of like the what it's like to be a kid and you know right. supporting but I think that I've always had sort of you know I grew up queer um in Evanston in a time when and you were that, able to be quote-unquote queer uh yeah I think it, okay. I mean I had a boyfriend so it was harder to really be queer when you have a boyfriend but anyways um, no not but, necessarily well, I guess I feel the true meaning of queer right. does not limit that that's right. my perspective but oh of course not okay. but I mean like yeah. in the in exactly. the in the right. early 90s late 80s yeah because like, people didn't even want to use that word right oh no 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 yeah. yeah we were just beginning to take it back but it was always like it was always a non-issue right okay. it was always nice. easy um, and then I had you know and having a kid and um, having a kid who you know, was trans for many years, you know, like it, 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 when they were young, um, when they were, oh, I'm saying this all wrong. <laughs> it's okay. But um, I was very aware of like, you know, what schools were like for queer and trans kids. And I really wanted to do what I could to kind of, you know, support an organization that was making that better. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I'm very committed to that regardless of my own situation with a child or not yes um, yes but that definitely I think impacts how you uh, see the world a little bit it can at least absolutely having a child will will change everything as people have told <laughs> yeah. me I yeah. only have nieces and godchildren but that is my understanding I I feel similarly just having and not that I'm equating having a dog with a child but what I'm saying is that now I have to take care of something some you know a little animal and it changes things even oh, I can only imagine what it's like when you are actually you actually have a, a little being that you must um you know work with and 
Well, get and to kids school eventually every day. can feed themselves. Dogs can never the, feed themselves. Thank you. So that is a major like distinction. That is absolutely. They'll be able to yeah. actually talk in words that right. you can hear, not barks. Yeah, no, um, exactly. It's you very, very different. Well, yeah. you know what? We're going to talk about much more. Um, we, I definitely want to talk about what it's like owning a business. And a little bit later, we're going to be joined uh, by Dr. Vicki Saltzman because, you know, we're talking about the holiday and Galentine's Day, Valentine's Day, and some people may not be into it. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, but we're going to do all that when we return. You're listening to Living Out Loud. We're back in a moment. Torres. And when I'm in Chicago, I listen to Mary Morton on WCPT 820 AM. Thank you so much, Gina Torres. Good friend, uh, an actor, a fabulous actor um, who is currently starring in uh, 9-11 Lone Star. So that'll be back um, probably in a, another month or so. Um, actually, you know what? It's not coming back to next fall. All the shows are um, somewhat delayed because of the strike. So they actually won't be back until the fall of 24, which is which is a total drag. But you're listening to Living Out Loud. I'm Mary Morton, and I'm super excited uh, to come back and chat with Sarah Dysak, who owns Early to Bed, which is an adult toy store. Yes, that's one way to put it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's the radio-friendly way to put it. All right. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about being an uh, you know, having a small business. And uh, you talked about going into really retail, right? Mm -hmm. And not just any kind of retail, mm -hmm. um, without a lot of experience. And was it almost one of those things where I, I didn't know enough to not really understand what I didn't know could be problematic. Absolutely. Okay. And, and, and let me just say, many people fall into running organizations that way because they have this great idea. Yeah. And they think, well, I'm just going to do X, Y, and Z. And then um, they realize, ooh, okay, this is a little different than what I thought. So how did you decide after leaving Art Institute that mm -hmm. you were going to operate a small retail business? Well, I just, you know, I, 
I just had this idea and I thought, you know, how hard can it be? Like you buy stuff and then you sell it for more <laughs> than you paid for it. That's very funny. You yeah. you answer uh-huh. people's questions. Uh-huh. I mean, my, you know, part of my motivation was I wanted to be that nice, friendly face who told somebody how to use a adult toy. You yes. know, like I want to mm-hmm. help you through this process. Mm-hmm. That should be easy, right? So I took some classes actually at the... Women's Business Development Center. Oh yes, WBDC. Absolutely, they did not know what to do with me. I bet they they were like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know how to help you. (laughs) Pretend you're opening a kids' toy store." And I was like, "But I'm not." And and then you know, there's just there's not a lot of especially again. We're talking like 1999, 2000. Like there's not a framework for this. There's not. It's not, we don't talk about, there's not the internet, you know, right. the internet, but there's not a lot of information. Exactly. So I was just kind of like, ah, oh, I don't know. And everything was like, you got to have five years of savings and this much money. And mm. I was like, um, you know, I think I'm just going to do it. I got some credit cards before I quit my job. <laughs> it's always dangerous. <laughs> my mom had recently remarried somebody who was able to float me a $10,000 loan. Nice. Um, so I li- and my friend gave me some money from that she had. So I literally opened the store with $13,000, which is nothing, you know, like is but again 25 years ago, no, 23 years, whatever it is, 20 some years ago. And just not knowing anything was kind of my saving grace cuz I just because you kind of, I think had I known some of the things I learned I would have been too afraid to do it. Absolutely. Right? Had yeah. I done anything right? Had I had experience yeah. in the industry or you know was f- fiscally responsible? You know, I got myself into huge debt. It took years to get out of, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. all these things, but I was really passionate about the product and about what I wanted to do and I think that is why I'm still here is because I weathered all these storms and I still remain passionate about what I do and I think that people feel that when they come into the store and they did and they do and um, I think that helps it helped me to pivot when I needed to pivot um, so that I could because my one number one goal was to stick around yes and to keep doing this work yes. so um, yeah it's you know a daily trauma but <laughs> but I love it I wouldn't do anything else well I think for me it certainly was this idea that when I started Morton group I mean I called it group because I did expect to work with people mm-hmm. yet I didn't really want to work with them closely do you know what sure, I'm saying yeah. uh, meaning as a full-time staff person right I thought I'll have a few consultants here or there now and then yeah and in 2011 that sort of took a turn because we had this um, one of the largest contracts we had to date from the Chicago Community Trust, and it was to do the LGBT needs assessment. I remember that. Yeah. And so I thought, OK, I've really got to get a project coordinator, somebody who's going to be consistent. I had somebody who was working with me part time and I knew that was going to end. And I thought, I've just got to have somebody who's going to be on it, who's going to be really um, uh, conscientious. Uh, to a point around uh, details. You know, we're going to be doing a huge data collection, working with the research director, someone who's actually worked with me for over 15 years now. Um, And so it was was daunting um, to have somebody who was going to be a consistent presence. Yeah. Um, That was not my first staff person. When did you have your first staff person? And do you have a mix of... What what, what kind of staff do you have? Part-time, full-time... Yeah, so well, my consultants. First, my first yeah. staff person, I was 
after two years. So for the first two years, I worked completely alone. And, and here's the thing, right? Let's keep this in mind. When it's just your business, people said, yeah, I want to I want to be my own boss. Yeah. I want to set my own schedule. Yes. And when it's your business, you get to work all the time. Oh, yeah. Your schedule right. is whenever is is regu- is full time plus uh-huh. then the right. weekend. That's I right. just had to go on Saturday to make sure the credit card machines work, you know, like all of this stuff. Um, now we have a staff of 10 people, most of whom work a part time. Mm-hmm. A lot of, out of people out of that their choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a manager and then a bunch of um, people who are sales associates who okay. do the you know actual hard work of helping customers and being the face of the organization. Um, but it's, it's a lot and it's a lot of responsibility. Like one of the things that was always in my mind for the first couple of years is like, well, I could just close the store and, you know, if I can go get a job at Target or whatever if I need right, to. Right. Um, but it's different when you have the responsibility of other staff people. That's right. And um, it's great to have wonderful people working for you. And I, I really appreciate it. But it is it's like a it's it's a different level of responsibility. It's a huge responsibility. And I was clear I did not want to be responsible for anyone else's livelihood. Yeah. I was very clear on that. Yet here I am. I know. <laughs> Twenty three years this oh. year. Oh. Responsible for folks' livelihood, um, and you know, you you kind of get into the groove, right? right. Uh, and you figure out all kinds of ways to do things. You talk to other folks. Um, oh, that's so important. Oh I my think. goodness, finding your your community, your tribe, if you will. Yep. Um, certainly, being part of things like. We'll just give a plug to the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce, yes. of which we are both uh, uh, members. And you have been doing a lot of work. You're on the board, aren't you? Uh, I was. You were. I, okay, I you were on the board. After, I was there for nine years. Oh, my goodness. And I think it was time for me to. Okay. <laughs> it was way past my, okay. um, what do you call those things, term limits. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was great. And I still, of course, like support the chamber. So Absolutely. We're an amazing chamber. Yeah, so. I think we have a great chamber in Andersonville. Yeah. And I continue to support that. I mean, I'm in Andersonville a lot, even though I've. Our office is no longer there. Um, we spend a lot of time in Andersonville, and I live just a little west of it. Um, so you find your tribe. You find people to support you. Are there people in the adult toy industry that have like a a group, uh, uh, you know, like a support group, if you will, around running businesses? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because in, I think maybe it was like 2011 or something, about 11 or 12 or 13 of stores that I would call progressive shops, Uh uh, women-owned shops, feminist shops, something like that. We started our own little... Oh, group nice. because we were outsiders in the industry. Yeah. Like the industry doesn't didn't understand, especially 15, 20 years ago, they didn't understand the concept of being a feminist mm-hmm. sex shop owner. They didn't understand right. the concept of like body safe toys. You know, like people would just look at us like we were nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started a group of people. Some of them have come and gone. Um, I have two core um, business owners that I meet with once a month who are in the same industry. And that is really amazing to have people who understand the unique situations like we are you know everything's harder for us when it comes to like social media and insurance of and so many credit card processing you can't say just like we won't be saying them today exactly. while we're on air <laughs> well and we and Devin's going exactly no. <laughs> well we can't yeah you know, we can't promote stuff on social media like there's so right. much we have to do right. and so and just you know there's these unique things that come up when you're talking so intimately like boundaries are different all these things are sort of right. harder to negotiate in this industry so plus also small business ownership you know just Absolutely. having people to be like oh it's just so hard but but valentine's day and february yeah. in general is this kind of like your christmas in some ways it is it does tend to be our christmas okay. it's the big 
you know, holiday for love and uh-huh. romance and mm-hmm. self-reliance, too. It's a lot self-reliance. of... Self-reliance. There are ways you know, to take care of yourself. Exactly. At, if you're not in a relationship. And we'll be talking to uh, Vicki Saltzman about that in just a moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, it's definitely, I, you know, and again, something I didn't really think about when I started the store. But, yeah, this, we, Christmas is Christmas. And mm-hmm. then we kind of, like... Have a little hit, dip. Yeah. And then we hit Valentine's Day. And, and then it's... Like the Lollapalooza. Yeah, it's like the Lollapalooza. <laughs> a lot less messy. Well, I guess, I don't know, actually. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. Sorry. Um, so, all right. So, people come in, and they may have an idea of what they're interested in or not, but your folks and you are there to help them figure that out and to do it in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming or threatening. Creepy. And creepy. Yeah. Yes, that's not a word we want to have happen there. Um, so, do you find that, and do you primarily attract women in your store because it is a shop that is run by a woman? Not these days. I think like we, um, you know, we attract folks of all genders. We are, we work a lot with the trans community and the queer community and, um, there's a lot of cisgendered men who want that mm-hmm. same experience. Mm-hmm. And we're mm-hmm. also, you know, we really are a great place to go if you have a partner that's not of the same gender as you and you want to talk to somebody who, you know, might have a little bit more insight. But, you know, my my base, um, my customer base started out with particularly the lesbian community because that's where I came from and uh-huh. that's who was really hungry for a store mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. back in the day. But you know, who is shopping for sex toys has changed so much and what it means to be, you know, feminist has evolved a lot and what it means to be, like we would, I would never call myself a woman oriented store anymore because of course that's very limiting and exactly. doesn't really we're, explain who we're we We're not do. operating in the binary. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Um, but I like to think of it as a very gender friendly store and uh-huh. just a friendly store in general. Mm-hmm. I think people don't expect that. You know, people don't expect to walk in and be, you know, welcomed warmly. And it's bright and light. And, it's, and you know, it's pleasant. Fun <laughs> and yeah, yes. exactly. Gorgeous. It's, it's, gold, it's gold ceiling. But yeah, it's it's different than I think a lot of people expect. And we do, I mean, especially when we're getting customers who are older, you uh-huh. know, who are being sent there by their mm-hmm. clinicians of some sort, oh, wow. who you can tell walking through wow. that door. I never like, thought about that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. Wow. So yeah, so it's 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 an interesting mix of people who know what they want and I people like who need a lot of help. There's a book here somewhere, I feel. If only I could remember anything. Uh, yeah. Right. That would be helpful. <laughs> I mean, you know, just start recording stuff though at the end right. of the day. I just know. start recording it at the end of the day, then it can be tra- transcribed. But I just think these kind of experiences yeah. people don't talk about. No. So we continue to not really understand them, right? And we wanna we wanna do our, our bit here at Living Out Loud to help you understand <laughs> <laughs> about your neighborhood um, adult. Yeah, uh, toy shop. Yeah. That's right. Um, so we're going to take a short break, um, and then we're going to welcome Dr. Vicki Saltzman, who's going to talk about what it's like if, let's say, you know, yes, we're talking about Valentine's, going to talk about Galentine's, but let's say you're not in a relationship and, you know, you're kind of over all this, and or if you are in a relationship, and it's kind of, it's not really a big deal, because I know some folks who don't celebrate Valentine's. Now, I do, because it's the day before my birthday, and I don't want any doubling up. You know, I want something for Valentine's Day, and I'd like something for my birthday. But, you know, that's just me. In any case, we're going to get into all that and a little bit more when we return to Living Out Loud. We're back in a moment.
everyone. It's Mary Morton with Living Out Loud. And here's a little bit about Morton Group, the sponsor of my show. Morton Group is a national consulting firm working with nonprofits, foundations, for-profits, and government entities. Our work helps organizations expand and deepen their impact by working on equity initiatives and executive placements, among other areas of focus. Reach out to us at info at mortongroup.com with any questions. And don't forget to listen in on Sundays at 1 p.m. on WCPT 820 a.m. We are back. You're listening to Living Out Loud. I'm Mary Morton. I'm here with Sarah Dysick, the owner of Early to Bed. We're talking about all kinds of things um, with regard to having a more fulfilling life. Yes. That's right. Which you may be doing with someone. Yes. Or you may be doing by yourself. Even better. Um, Because, as we mentioned earlier, um, Sarah has this lovely shop uh, called Early to Bed. And, you know, it's an adult toy shop. Now, as I was saying right before our break, some folks may not be into Valentine's Day, and that's fine. Um, They may not be into Galentine's Day, right? Which is something that, of course, not of course, but women started to really sort of take care of each other and to support our friendships, Mm -hmm. which I love. Uh, But we want to talk about some of the things that, you know, might be some helpful strategies to keep in mind uh, during this time when folks are talking about Valentine's. And as I said, you may be in a relationship where you care about it. You may be in a relationship where um, uh, it's a big deal, but you also might not care about it, right? And you might not be in a relationship. So what do you do when folks are you know, very much involved uh, in this um, holiday, which will be happening later this week. So I'm excited to welcome Dr. Vicki Saltzman. And let me just say, full disclosure, Vicki's a very dear and close friend of mine. And uh, I'm happy to have her on uh, to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the feelings that people may be expressing and how we might um, support them and support ourselves, right? How, well, how do we take care our, of ourselves? Uh, Vicki, just a little bit of background um, has a a degree uh, in social work and and a PhD in clinical social work and she has uh, a practice and we certainly will be putting out information about how to contact her um, because uh, certainly as I know as someone who very much believes in therapy it is difficult at times to find um, a person of color and in particular, a black woman. Uh, so we're going to welcome Vicki Saltzman, Dr. Vicki Saltzman to Living Out Loud. Hi Vicki. Hi, Mary. <laughs> and Sarah is here as well. <laughs> Hi, Vicki. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I know you're currently also, in addition to your, your practice, um, you're also at Indiana University. And tell us what you do there, Vicki. So I'm an assistant clinical uh, professor, and I teach uh, undergraduate and graduate level social work students. And I kind of say I'm preparing some of our social workers for uh, to come on and help the world <laughs> solve their problems. Okay, and we need we need more folks who are willing to do that. Um, tell us about some of the areas of your of your practice that um, you cover in terms of things that you would talk to people about or help people through. I know you work on a number of a number of issues, and you work with uh, you know a variety of communities. Right. So I have, and I see a pretty diverse group of clients and some of the problems that I work with people on are depression, anxiety, um, sometimes life transitions if people are going from one phase of their life to another, uh, also grief issues, uh, relationship issues. So it kind of runs the gamut of, I just say, most problems that people in life are dealing with. Exactly. And so 
with the holidays just ending, right? Christmas and and um, Hanukkah, all of those holidays in December, uh, Kwanzaa. Do you see folks actually having more anxiety and sadness around these kinds of holidays and, and similar to the one, you know, coming up uh, in, the, in a few days, Valentine's Day? Yeah, I I actually feel with all of the over commercialization that happens that there really isn't a break between the end of the year mm. into Valentine's Day because you start seeing Valentine's Day um, advertising products uh, before Christmas is even over or before New Year's is almost right. even over in some places. So I see it more as a continuation. I think it's also the same uh types of things that create uh, sadness and anxiety around Christmas, New Year's, or the end of the year holidays, such as high expectations, stress, loneliness. So with Valentine's Day, expectations around the perfect romance, mm. whether I'm in a relationship yes. or not, right. uh, stress related to planning, all of that. <laughs> Um, do you have some ideas for folks who may be in a relationship but don't care much about Valentine's Day or navigating that with their partner if they have sort of a different idea about the expectations? Um, so um, when the way I think about it is I think that uh, when you say don't much care about Valentine's Day, then I would recommend that people should check in with their partner to make sure they're on the same page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Whether they care about Valentine's day. Um, And then I think that they, as a couple should decide and plan together how either they'll celebrate or not celebrate in terms of gifts, uh, dinner, whatever it is that the plans might be. So, So I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. And I was going to say there, in my opinion, there is sometimes for folks who don't care about it, there's kind of this uh, stigma, if you will, that everyone should care about it. And I think it should be okay if people just see it as another day and don't care about it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And to your your point about it almost becoming, yeah, stigmatized. What do you mean you don't, you're not celebrating uh, Valentine's Day? What's right. wrong with you? I mean, I've literally heard people say that. Now, if you're not in a relationship, as you referenced, what are some ideas for how you can take care of yourself? Now, we, of course, we have Sarah here, and and she has a few ideas about <laughs> that. Take care of yourself, uh, but sure. in addition to outside to the of obvious. the toy store, um, are there some ways, right. you know, again, you, you just talked about some ways to do it. Um, if you're in a couple, do you think something similar if you're, you know, not in a relationship and, 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 you know, you're just being bombarded with, um, all kinds of images around, uh, you know, being in a couple and being in a relationship. Right. And I, I think one of the things is, first of all, you should honor your feeling Mm. of loneliness or even your desire for a relationship, um, and not just, uh, kind of you know, chuck that off is that's not what I should be feeling. So I think, first of all, honoring that. But then also you might want to avoid things that trigger um, these feelings of sadness or anxiety. So like social media might Mm -hmm. be a good place to start doing uh, maybe just for Valentine's Day, doing a detox so you're not bombarded uh, with all of those images or the couples who seem happy or are 
celebrating uh, Valentine's Day. I think you could also focus on what you do have. So being grateful for that, uh, you could try to view Valentine's Day just as another day, do your daily routine. But I think most importantly, you could practice self-love and pamper yourself uh, with a spa day, going to a movie, Mm. eating your favorite foods. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, and something that um, you could also send someone who's in a similar situation a Valentine's Day gift or gesture Mm. or something like that. that. That's a great idea. And that kind of falls in line with Galentine's a little Mm -hmm. bit, right? Um, Right. Yeah, just treating, treating yourself well, treating the folks you love well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I was just going to say, I think we focus so much on the romance part of Valentine's Day. And of course, that is what its origin, or I don't really know the origin, but that's how we see it in our culture. But I love it because it's about love, right? And I feel very much right. that, you know, I feel more encouraged to express warm feelings towards a wide variety of people, Absolutely. not just my partner. And Absolutely. Um, I do love that about the holiday. And and I like this piece that you said about loneliness. First, first of all, some folks don't want to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And some folks really, really mm-hmm. um, love their the fact that they get to be by themselves. Not that they're antisocial. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't go out and socialize. They have friends. But they like living alone. And they're fine mm-hmm. with not being in a relationship. Maybe they've done it before. Maybe they haven't. But they know enough about themselves, right, that this is a good place for them. Yet... That's not really supported in our culture. Right. Right. And Valentine's Day emphasizes that. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so it really then calls into everything that you think you've been doing and, you know, and and sort of taking care of yourself in a variety of ways. And it calls it into question um, about whether or not you could really be happy. You know, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. always because let's think about what we ask folks often when we meet them, and I, I've really tried to be more conscientious about this, is not to, um, you know, first of all, we're always identified with whatever we're doing for work, yes. right? That takes on a whole right. nother right. Um, sort of dimension with folks when you meet them, because people always want to be able to put you in a particular bucket. And then the next piece is, and are you in a relationship? Yeah. And that's that question is, mm-hmm. you know, weaved in in a particular ways, but that also um, means that people are making some judgments about you. If you're saying that right. you're not in a relationship and you're fine with it, it's as though that really can't be true. And I would I would think that that's something that you may encounter in your practice in terms of people being OK with it, but trying to make sure that um, I, I, in some ways I want to say that everyone else is OK with it. But that's not our responsibility. Right. To make everyone else OK with what we've decided, um, you know, makes no. us feel good. Absolutely. It's not. Um, that we should be trying to make everyone else feel good. We should be able to, if we're choosing to be single, uh, for whatever reason that is, be okay with that, and everyone else should be. Um, Actually, though, in my practice, I tend to see more people who are struggling with being, wanting to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm imagining that the clients... um, that I see now, um, I'm anticipating that Valentine's Day will trigger some more feelings of sadness and anxiety and feelings of rejection of if they've been through a breakup or what all of that means around Valentine's Day. 
Well, the other piece here that I think is really important that you mentioned is social media. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we can't in some ways get away from it, Mm-mm. particularly uh, for what uh, both Sarah and I do. Uh, I know, you know, that you're not on social media for a number of reasons. And um, <laughs> I think that that social media is not reality and people don't understand no. that. I mean, have you really seen bad photos of folks on social media? Yes, some may seep in. But let me just say, if one has ever appeared of me, it's because I did not see it beforehand. <laughs> and I and the reality right. is I'm always asking folks, are you going to post that? Can yeah. I see that photo? Oh, no, I don't actually like right. that one. And th- so the control of trying to make everything just right Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially when it comes to romance, like, no, I, I always think the more people are on social media, you know, showing off their romance, the more I'm wondering what is actually going right, on beneath right. that, right? Like, right. if you have a, a stable relationship, I mean, no, I mean, I, lots of people are just effusive. I don't want to, like, you know, no judgment, but um, <laughs> but I think it's important to, 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 I think we don't see that because it all looks so good. Yes. It's hard to remember mm-hmm. that we people are only putting, what they want you to see forward and that is often very different than what is actually going absolutely. on absolutely I mean we can right. again, again take myself as a as an example I've become much more uh, I posted much more since starting the radio show I mean I was posting before right but now you know it's a different show every week I'm trying to lift up who's on the show um, but there's this whole idea of making it look good and and right. what's your your experience as we we uh, wrap up, Vicky? What would your advice be to folks who are plagued by that in some ways? Uh, you mean plagued by being on social media and feeling and that they must feeling that they must be on social media? Because I do believe that some people feel they just have to do it. Like there's not a lot of you know different avenues they can take. They must. They must appear on social media. They must, you know, post several times a day. They most post whenever they uh, mm-hmm. go out, whenever they have X, Y, and Z experience. And there are certainly times when I do that, but there are many times when I just want it to be more of a private moment. Right. And I guess what comes to mind for me, and as we said, I'm speaking as a person who's not on social media. Yes. Uh, but I often wonder what's lost and how people lose being in the moment of whatever experience they're having. And I think sometimes posting, or at least in my opinion, I would hope that people can find ways to be in the present moment and not uh, posting uh, the perfect Valentine's Day experience or the perfect meal or any of those things. But being with whoever you're with, and being in that moment and enjoying that moment. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Be in the moment, y'all. <laughs> that's the that's yes. the word for yes. today, right? The words for today. <laughs> Vicki, thank you so much. And if someone is interested... Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And if someone is interested in, in you know, having a, a moment with you, uh, you know, maybe checking you out <laughs> for therapy, uh, how, how might they do that? Um, they can email me at Vicki mm-hmm. at VickiSaltzman.com. Okay. And we will post this when the show um, 
is posted. Uh, we will make sure that we post your information. And I uh, want to thank you so much. I think, you know, what do you think, Sarah? I think this could be a regular segment with Vicki, oh, don't yeah, you? Oh, yeah, this is great. I, I think so. We'll just helpful. put her on the line. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's just say that right now while we're on air. Uh, and yeah. I'll follow up with you about that, Vicki. But thank you so much. <laughs> okay, uh, thank you for having bye. me. Absolutely. Nice. Have a great bye rest bye. of your day. Take care. You too. Bye. You're listening to Living Out Loud, and we'll be back in just a moment. Gina Yashua, comedian extraordinaire. And when I'm in Chicago, I like to hang out with my good friend, Mary Morton, on her fantastic show, Living Out Loud on WCPT. So listen. And we're back. You're listening to Living Out Loud. I'm here with Sarah Dysak. Want to say a big thank you to Dr. Vicki Saltzman. And as I said, we will post her information uh, when we put up this show tomorrow. Um, so, Sarah, as we yes. begin to wrap up, it goes so quickly, doesn't it? It really does. Just so flies fun. by. Just I love flies this. by. And there's so many things I want to talk to you about. However, as business owners, yeah, one of the things that I find difficult to do is to turn it all off. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, something I'm working at all the time, every day. What are you doing to... Um, to take care of yourself. And I, I have actually stopped saying work-life balance because I, I don't think that's possible. I think there's work-life integration. Ooh. Okay, that's, that's right. You heard it here. Okay, uh, work-life yeah. integration. And it varies, right? Sometimes, yeah. you know, you're going to be really into work for a particular project, and then you're going to be able to pull back. Um, and other times, it's just, it, you, you know, there's just some constant um pieces of this work that we just have to do on a regular basis. You said you might be going on a little sabbatical, the S word. I, you know, I'm actually not supposed to use that word because okay. my partner, because she's a um, academic, a sabbatical oh. means you write a book and I'm definitely not well, writing those, a book. You know what? So I'm calling it a, a, you know, either a faux sabbatical or an extended vacation because <laughs> um, I'm not going to do anything. You're that's not, the and whole that point. is the beauty of it. I mean, that's the idea. That's the plan. I, I've, I've been 22 and a half years. I have not had more than 10 days off of work in a row. Um, you know, don't cry for me. I've, you know, I take my vacations. I go on the, you know, I, I, I get, I get around. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but I've never really stepped away for any length of time and. I am starting to feel it. I am really starting to feel this like kind of constant inability to um, ever just really fully relax. <laughs> I understand that. And I, yeah. yeah, so I'm trying I'm trying to, to plan um, at least five or six weeks away from the store in the spring. 
And even how you say it, you say it five or six weeks. Like you don't want to say it out loud. It just you should put a, you should seems, put a sign. It seems insane. In front of you, on a mirror. Yeah. That you are going to be taking a break. Now you know I I did this in 22. It's hard to believe it was 2022. Um, I had a three month sabbatical, oh, and I, um, I did a little traveling. And, you know, I did really try to work in some time when I was not doing anything. Yeah. And I succeeded, which yeah. is saying a lot for me. I can um, Because I have a lot of things pulling at my time outside of the business. You know, I'm also writing a book. I'm also a filmmaker. And my films have been languishing uh, because, you know, we've been so busy at Morton Group. However, um, it really does matter, right, that you have time just to contemplate your navel and not to worry about planning. Now... Unfortunately for me, or fortunately, however you think about it, I found out during that time that I had to have surgery. <laughs> so oh, I remember no. uh, calling all of my um, core leadership team folks and saying, okay, I want to talk to you. And they're like, aren't you supposed to be on sabbatical? And why are you trying to have a conversation? Right. right we've gone completely old school. I've called them on the phone. On the phone. Oh, oh God. no, it Something's wasn't a text. Terrible. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't an email. And I said, I just want to tell you, I have to have surgery. It's, it's going to be fine. Um, and it's going to be something that I'm, going to take care of while I'm on sabbatical. So that, oh, you know, that, that broke count. things up in a particular way. Yet, because I didn't have anything on my calendar, right. it meant I wasn't trying to get out of meetings and right. and business travel and all of that. So, you know, as they say, and I hate it when people say it, things work out as they should. Yeah. You know, when you're in it, I don't want to hear that. But it's really true that if I was going to have to have surgery, this was probably one of the best times to do it. Right. Um, and now what I do, just so you know, is I try to take most of February off oh, so and nice. then August. Wow. Yes. That's the dream. I mean, that is the dream. Okay. So you got to put it out there, though. You have to manifest it. I know. I know. I know. I'm working. I'm working with a coach. Okay. Good. I have an amazing um, store manager who's really helping me to. And encouraging you to do it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. It's just, it's hard to let go. And it's hard to think that you are not crucial to everything that happens, right? And yet. We have to really think about our businesses in a way um, that that means they have to continue without us. I know. Without us being right there, right front and center. I know. You know, to think of yourself as being irreplaceable does not serve us well. No, it doesn't, and it doesn't contribute to my quality of life Absolutely. at all. No, right? not at all. You know, not I, at all. It, it's not. It's not very. And I and I. I mean, I've gone on vacation for a week, and it's been fine. I just need to realize I can multiply that, and that's exactly right. It's going to be okay. But yeah, so that's that's my big plan for twenty twenty four for myself is to try and figure is is to do it. No, that's right. You're doing I it. I am doing it. And what time of year do you think you might be doing it? Um, spring. So spring. So. April and I wanted to do it before my family was done with the academic year, so That's I had more very, time alone. Absolutely, no. I had someone do that. I have someone else on my team who did that last year. She's like, I want to have at least a month before folks get out of school. I, mean, I want to be alone in my house. Yes, and I that's haven't okay. done that in a very long time. And yeah, that's oh, yeah. okay. Love right? my family. Yes. Love my family. But, but as as um, someone says, you can't miss anyone if they never go away. Exactly. <laughs> It's true. It's true. true, Right. So and I remember certainly early in my relationship with Willa, I would be like, what do you mean you're looking? I mean, she would never say she was looking forward to me going away. But it was clear. Right. That it wasn't going to be a huge hardship or, you know, now it's not as though, you know, miss me and all that. Yet I had to really get over feeling like, well, something's wrong with the relationship. And you don't really care about me if you're you're interested in me leaving for a few days. And I've come to understand why that's very, very helpful 
and healthy. I mean, I and think healthy. like and healthy. If, if you're and not healthy. worried about someone going away for two days, that means you were very secure in your relationship. A- and absolutely. I think that that is. I mean, it can mean that. Um, you know, I think it's good and healthy for people to take a break from each other. That's right. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's what they say. That's right. And so, just so you know, I will be texting you in March. Okay. Making sure that you're making plans to be out of the office. You know, you're going to prepare in a way that are things you should do anyway, that you should have these things in place. Yeah. Right. Because you might, you know, win a million dollars and say, I'm just not coming back to the store, y'all. You run it. It's highly likely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) you know, these are things, again, I had to really prepare and I prepared for almost a year. Oh, I mean, I've been taking notes yeah. on everything I do, which I've never done before, right. to, so that I can make a list of right. what someone else can do or what can exactly. not get done for six weeks. Or, That's you right. Know. And, and to empower other folks uh, to have some autonomy yeah. about making decisions yeah. and to make sure that people understand you may not get it completely right. Right. But as I often say, if you're folding, if you're sitting at a desk folding your hands, you won't ever make a mistake and you won't ever grow. And so we right. just have to have some leeway for that. Well, and I always remind myself when I'm crying in the shower that, you know, we're not heart surgeons. We sell sex toys. Like, what's okay, the worst that's thing right. that could possibly and happen? And tell people the address and your hours before we close. The address is of early to bed is 5138 North Clark Street. We are just a little bit south of Foster. Um, and you can find us online at earlytobed.com. It's early, the number two, bed.com. And of course, we are on socials looking cute. Just search for our name and you'll find us. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having it's me. It's been delightful. It's been so delightful. And I'm excited as we um, continue um, February, um, we will be welcoming Soul, the storytelling group, next week. We'll have a, several people in the studio. They're going to be doing a little piece of stories here or there, oh, so it's going to cool. be really exciting. Um, so I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to wish you a fabulous Valentine's Day if you're celebrating, and if you're not, Take care of yourself. Have some fun. Get a massage. Uh, mm. Celebrate Valentine's Day. Absolutely. But most importantly, just do whatever makes you feel good. Yes. Isn't that right, Sarah? Absolutely. Take care of yourself <laughs> first. That's right. So thank you all for being here. Thanks, Devin. And you're, we'll see you next time on Living Out Loud.